Welcome to the podcast that we call The Assembly. I'm Dwayne Dunaway. So glad that you're with us. We like to talk about things that pertain to a relationship with Jesus, the things that pertain to living the Christian life, going to heaven. These are all the important things. We believe the most important things, and we believe what life is all about. So that is what this podcast is about. We thank you for joining us. And today we're going to talk about relationships, different aspects of relationships, because, listen, God has placed us in the church, in the body of Christ, which means that we are not to be on our own all the time. We are to have fellowship with other believers. We are to have relationships with other believers. The body of Christ is a family. And every time God saves someone, he puts us in that family. You remember in Acts chapter 2, it says that the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So when a person is saved, God adds them to the church, and the church is nothing but the assembly of Jesus worldwide. It's a group of people, and it's a group of people that meets together and fellowships together in some way. I've told you before and uh, continue to tell you because I know how important this is. You need to have relationships with other Christians. You need to meet together with other Christians in some way, and there are different ways to do that. There's no one specific way, but it's important for your spiritual health to have godly friends, to be in the family all the way in, to be all in, knowing that your brothers and sisters need you and you need your brothers and sisters. Let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 24, considering one another. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. It is the fellowship of of Christ. Fellowship means joint participation. It means connectedness. It means being one with other people. And that's the way we are in the body of Christ. We are one. Read Ephesians chapter four. There is one body and one faith and one hope of your calling. And we are in that one body. All of us who are saved, all of us who are in Christ, we are in the one body and we need one another. So Christian friendships are important. Christian relationships are important. If you don't have those, try to build them. Try to build them for your own well-being and also for what you can do for others. This is not something we just think about ourselves in. So the very fact that God created the body of Christ and adds us to the body of Christ and talks so much in the Bible about the body of Christ is proof positive that he wants us to be involved in each other's lives. And this is so important. So the you know, the number one type of human relationship are Christian relationships. And that should carry over into like, for example, who you choose for a mate. If you are looking to be in a relationship, a romantic relationship, a love relationship, then it needs to be with a Christian. It needs to be with someone who can help you go to heaven because that is what the goal here is. That's what being a Christian is about. That's what life is about. And a lot of people don't look at it that way, but they should, because this is a training ground. This is a uh, preparing for the next life life. And that's the way it should be viewed, because life is so short, it's, it's temporary and it's uncertain. Heaven is what we're looking forward to. Well, if you're going to be with someone for the rest of your life, if you're going to share life with someone, then it needs to be someone who has that same goal of going to heaven. You know, the Bible talks about being unequally yoked in 2 Corinthians, probably chapter 6, but it's in 2 Corinthians. But the point is, unequally yoked is something that we are called to stay away from. And yet, he's not specifically talking about marriage there. He's talking about 
Christians being unequally yoked with the world and not living like the world and not uh, having, you know, relationships with the world as far as those those oneness, those connected relationships where they influence you rather than you influence them. We're not to be like the world. We're called to come out of the world, come out from among them and be you separate. The Bible says all those things apply to our spiritual lives. But the principle would apply to, you know, who you choose for a mate, because if you're living for the Lord and someone else is not, and they're living for the devil and they're living for the world and the temporary things of this world, then that's going to make your Christian life more difficult. So you need to be looking for someone who is a Christian and a dedicated Christian who cares as much about the Lord as you do so that you can grow in your faith while they grow in their faith. And as you do that, you're going to grow closer together. So be on the lookout for someone who is a Christian and pray that God will send you someone who is a Christian. Pray that that is God's plan, that 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 is in God's plan. Pray that it will be revealed to you. Now, when I say pray that it's God's plan, it's definitely God's plan that you be with a believer. But pray that God's plan will carry over into Uh, him sending you that someone and believe that he will. That's something that you can believe in. God has promised to take care of your needs. And one of the things we need to remember when we pray is to believe that we're going to receive them. Now, what about a person who's already in a relationship, already married to someone who's not a Christian? That is not a reason to end the relationship. And we need to be focused on Christ if we're in a relationship where what people call unequally yoked. It's like 1 Peter 3 teaches. It's like 1 Corinthians 7 teaches. You know, you don't end a marriage because your partner is not a Christian. Now, if there's abuse or they're trying to keep you from following Christ, that's a completely different matter. But if they're content to live with you, in other words, they're content to let you be a Christian, even if they're not, then you don't leave the relationship. What you do is you continue to model Christianity and you continue to be a faithful Christian in hopes that they'll see that and they will be changed. If they're, if they're not, if they're not changed, if that doesn't affect them, then that's between them and God, but you're still to be the best mate that you can be. Now that sounds contradictory. We're to seek a Christian mate, but if we're already in a relationship with someone who's not, then we are to stay with them, but it's not contradictory. It's what God teaches in his word about the importance of staying together in the marriage relationship. And if you came to Jesus later, you know, a lot of people come to Jesus later in life after they've already been married and had kids and everything else, and your mate just doesn't come along, how would that be? You know, God saying, you know, if you don't uh, convert your mate, if your mate does not convert to Jesus immediately when you do, then just end the marriage, what would that do to families? That's not at all what God is looking for. But when a person is not married yet and they're looking for that mate, then it's always best to marry a Christian. If you don't marry a Christian, if you're in love with a a non-Christian and you marry them, have you sinned? No, that's not a sin, but it's certainly not the best idea unless they are really supportive of you, even though they don't believe. So look for a Christian mate. And, you know, if you decide to go a different route on that, I'm not your judge. I'm not the coach. I'm not the expert on relationships, but I know that that is the most biblical course and the safest course spiritually. Two Christians growing together, growing to know Christ, and then growing closer together as the result. That's what it's all about. So Christian friendships in the church, being brothers and sisters in Christ, and then Christian relationships, romantic uh, relationships, so on and so forth. Now, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that evil companions corrupt good morals. So when we're talking about being in Christ and being uh, in the body of Christ and having brothers and sisters in Christ, that kind of explains itself. You are to have those relationships. Those are your brothers and sisters, and those are the best relationships there are. What about people who are not Christians? Should you be friends with them? Yes, 
How are you going to influence the world? How are you going to be salt and light? Remember that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Well, if you never associate with people who are not saved, how can you be that? The danger is a lot of times they influence you rather than you influence them. They pull you away from Christ and your relationship with Christ and walking with Christ and they get you walking and talking and acting the way that they do. You know, Jesus was known as the friend of sinners, and that's because of the company he kept. Sinners were always welcome in his presence, but he did the influencing. They didn't influence him for evil. He influenced them for good and got him in all sorts of trouble with the religious leaders. So religious people are not going to always like it when you are friends with people who are not Christians. You shouldn't pay any attention to that. You need to choose your friends and choose them carefully. But if you're dealing with people who don't know Christ, who don't live for Christ, then make sure that you're there to influence them. And if they're pulling you away from Christ, get away from them. Stay away from them. If you're not strong enough in your faith yet to be the leader, then don't be the follower. You know, evil companions corrupt good morals. What does that mean? It means it will hurt you if you hang around with evil companions and they influence you. This is not you know, anything difficult to understand. This is all common sense, practical stuff, but it has to do with your relationship with Jesus and your relationship with other people, which brings up the most important relationship of all. And the most important relationship of all is not the relationships you have in the body of Christ. It's not even your relationship with your mate. The most important relationship of all is the relationship we have with Christ. And a personal relationship with Jesus is available to everyone. You can be as close to God as you want. You can be as close to Christ as you want to be if you are willing to put him first. Now, putting him first in life is not always easy. In fact, it doesn't come naturally to us. It's not something that is just going to happen. You're not going to just naturally put Jesus before everything else. But he is to come before everything else. Remember he said, uh, Matthew chapter 16, take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. To deny yourself is to refuse to give in to yourself and to have self-control and to realize that you are not in the driver's seat of your life. Jesus is. Now, taking up your cross, that is a metaphor. It's a metaphor for putting to death the things in your life that cause you to leave Christ or cause you to fall away from Christ. Colossians chapter 3, Paul talked about that. He said, put to death those things that are at work in your life that cause you to fall away from Jesus. We are to deny the flesh. We are to deny the way that self wants to live. Self is against the ways of Jesus. Now, there are people out there who say, and as soon as I say this, they're going to say, well, I don't like Christianity. I don't like religion because it tells me I can't live for myself. Listen, you are serving someone. You are serving someone with your life right now. You are either serving the devil or you're serving the Lord. Now, people say, well, I want to be free. I want to be free to serve myself, then you're just a slave to your passions. That's all you are. You're a slave to your own flesh. And uh, that is not real freedom. That is not freedom at all. People say, I just want to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And they are some of the most miserable people in the world because they are slaves. They are, they are servants of their own desires. And that is not Freedom. Freedom is when you are free to make up your mind and choose to do what you were put here to do. Freedom is being what God calls you to be. It is what God created you to be. That's true freedom. 
So taking up your cross, putting to death those things in your life that are not of God, that don't lead to God, the things of the flesh, that is where freedom is found. Jesus said, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. But if the Son of God makes you free, you will be free indeed. Makes you free from what? What does he make you free from? He makes you free from sin and the penalty of sin. He makes you free from the domination of sin. And he makes you free from yourself. We have seen the enemy. The enemy is us. Okay, We are our own worst enemies because we try to live lives without God. And you try to live a life without God, you're going to have misery. People are all over the place denying God's existence, denying his presence, questioning him, saying if he exists, he wouldn't do this. Any God that would allow this or allow that, I don't want to have anything to do with him. And they're just hurting themselves because they're running away from their creator in whose image they were made. But when you say the number one relationship I'm going to have is with the one who put me here, the one who caused me to exist and calls me to follow him, calls me to be in a relationship with him, then that God that loves you and has proven his love for you is going to give you a life unlike any other life you're ever going to have. Now, you're going to be judged? Yes, the Bible teaches that. The Bible teaches that whether you like it or not, whether you understand it or not, I can sit here and say, well, that's not something I like, or that's I don't even agree with that, and that God should have the right to judge me. Well, he does. He created you. And people say, well, what has God ever done for me? And then they draw their next breath, and they're breathing God's air. That is so silly. It's so silly to look at life apart from God and not to take into account who he is, what he's doing in your life, what he's trying to call you to, and that is that relationship with Jesus. And if you do that, if you accept that relationship, if you accept who God is, then everything changes in your life. Your perspective changes. You become a better mate. You become a better friend. You have purpose and dignity in your life if you follow Christ. If you keep the emphasis on Jesus rather than, you know, religious questions you don't know, we're not talking about religion here. We're not talking about having a relationship with religion. We're talking about having a relationship with a real person, with the Son of God who came into this world, who lived a perfect life, who died on the cross for our sins. And when you put him first and when you have a relationship with him, then your life becomes what life was meant to be. Life lived on purpose is life lived for Jesus Christ. Let people mock that all they want to and see how that works out for them. Let people mock the Son of God. Let people mock the idea of Christianity. And it's going to come back to haunt them. It's going to hurt them because Jesus is real. But the key in all of this is he's not going away. Jesus is not going to be ignored. You can do whatever you want to as far as choosing to serve him or choosing to not serve him. The one thing you're not going to do is ignore him, uh, at least for long, because he is the sovereign creator and ruler of the universe. Now, there's a lot about Jesus I don't understand, but there's a lot about my friends that I don't understand. There's a lot about your mate that you don't understand. There's a lot about God we don't understand. You don't have to understand everything about God to know that he loves you. You don't have to understand everything about a close friend to know whether or not they're a good friend. This is what God calls us to. He calls us to intimate fellowship with Jesus Christ. Live your life conscious of his intimate presence. And then let that, let his relationship with you, your relationship with him, let that impact every other relationship. Because you are 
in control of the choices that you make. Make the right choice about Jesus. Then make the right choices about your romantic relationships, your love relationships, who you're going to choose as a mate based on your personal relationship with Jesus. And then make your personal relationship with Jesus the basis for, you know, again, how you choose your friends. This is a life of relationships. It's a life that was intended to be that. It was intended to be lived in fellowship with other people. And you need that, and I need that. But the number one thing that we need is to have Christ at the center of our life so that he influences and impacts everything. Now, we've considered what kind of friends you need to choose. Let's think about what kind of friend or what kind of partner or what kind of mate you need to be and what kind of person you need to be for Jesus. These are all very uh, simple ideas. Now, the flesh will keep you from practicing it sometimes and it'll keep it from being uh, simple to apply. But the Bible is clear what kind of person we are to be. For example, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and kindness and patience and long-suffering. These are things that we are called to do. We are called to be that kind of person. There are nine things mentioned in Galatians 5.22, and I didn't give them to you verbatim, but they're very easy to see what kind of person that God is describing in that passage and how that is to impact your own life. So if you want to be a person who has Christian friends and be a Christian friend, be a person of love, be a person of kindness, be a person that overlooks the weaknesses and the failures and the frailties of others and tries to help them, tries to be there for them. You know, sometimes it's good to just make a list of the things that you are good at and the things where you need to make improvement, uh, a self-assessment, if you will of what kind of person you are, what kind of friend you are, what kind of friend uh, you can be by the grace of God, what kind of mate, husband, wife you can be, what kind of home you can have by being a better person. Now, I don't know anyone who does not need to make improvements in both of those areas. And when you get to that other relationship, the most important one of all, Christ, I certainly don't know anyone that does not need to make some major improvements and some major changes in their relationship with Jesus. Need to pray better, need to study the Bible better. It doesn't mean that you're not doing what God has called you to do now. It doesn't mean that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing now. It means that you're always in a position where you can do better. So try to be a better person. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with talking that way. And Christianity is not the only religion that talks that way. In fact, there are people who don't even believe in God who talk that way because they know that the world is a better place when people try to be better people. That's great. That's wonderful to think, well, people need my friendship, and so I'm going to be the kind of friend I would want to be. Ask yourself, would you want to be friends with the kind of person that you are? And if you're honest and you're like most of us, you would say there are times when I have not been the kind of friend I would want, and there are times when I have been the kind of friend that I would want. And the only thing that matters is now. What are you going to do about right now? What are you going to do about being the right kind of person now? What are you going to do about being the kind of person that can have healthy, vibrant relationships right now? Being the kind of friend you need to be, being the kind of mate you need to be, being the kind of servant of Christ that you need to be. What are you going to do about right now? Take inventory and say, I'm not good at this. I'm not really strong in this area. I'm going to get better. Patience, for example, that's one that a lot of people need to work on. You love people, you love your brothers and sisters in Christ, but maybe you're not as patient with them as you need to be. A true friend will try to be patient. 
a true friend will try to be honest, honest with their friends. And they will be patient and honest and understand that nobody is perfect. All right. If you're looking for a perfect friend or a perfect mate, you're not going to find them and you're not perfect. So make sure that you make allowances for the problems of other people. You are what you are because of the circumstances and situations that you have been in up until this point. Okay. Everything you've been through has made you the kind of person that you are the good and the bad. And you did not choose all of the bad things that you've gone through. You did not ask for all of them, but they've made you who you are. Now that's true of other people as well. And don't judge them for what they've been through or what they've done. Help them with it. If they need your help, if they need to talk about it, then talk to them. If you can help them or encourage them to talk to someone who can help them. If, if it's beyond your ability to help them, but don't judge them for their past. Don't judge them for the mistakes that they've made. Appreciate how far God has brought them. And when you are in that situation where you're helping people and you're overlooking their mistakes as far as not judging them and you're helping them overcome their mistakes, then you are being exactly the kind of friend to another person that God is to you. All right. God is patient with you. Jesus forgives you when you make a mistake. That's a big, big area of relationships we've got to be willing to take part in. And that is forgiveness that you cannot have healthy relationships. You cannot even be healthy yourself, spiritually healthy, mentally healthy, if you're not willing to forgive. So forgive as you have been forgiven. Ephesians 4.32, forgiving one another, be kind to one another because God in Christ has forgiven you. This is the kind of relationship. This is the kind of relationship model that we should have. I'm going to treat you the way God has treated me. He doesn't try to hurt me. He tries to help me. He doesn't put me down. He tries to help me grow. And he is not looking to compare me to other people because his sovereignty is at work in my life, just as it is at work at somebody else's life. A lot of people compare themselves with others. And uh, it, it really hurts you when you do that, because you are not made to be like someone else. You are made to be you. And when you accept that, then you begin to like yourself. You're not going to have peace with anybody else. You're not going to have a healthy relationship with anybody else until you have a healthy relationship with yourself. And so be kind to yourself, forgive yourself, love yourself. You know, we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Well, if there's no self-love, then there's no love to give your neighbor. And uh, that, that principle sums up relationships altogether, uh, is love your neighbor as yourself, or like Matthew chapter 7 teaches, whatever you want others to do to you, then do ye even so to them, the King James says. That just simply means what we call do unto others as you would have others do unto you. These are the principles of relationships that come from the Bible. Very simple, very simple to understand, not always easy to practice. But with God's help, you can practice them. You can become a better friend. You can become a better mate. You can certainly become a better servant of Jesus Christ, which is what this life is all about. And that will permeate every aspect of your life. And you don't have to live your life alone. If you go out to be a friend rather than just find friends, you know, it's like someone said, or the old saying goes, I went out to find a friend, could not find them there. I went out to be a friend. Friends were everywhere. Go out to be a friend. Go out to do good to others. Go out to be a better mate and be the kind of person that you would want to spend your life with. Then that's going to have a tremendous impact on your life. Now, 
you've known these things. You say, well, this is just practical common sense. They are, but you got to put them into practice. Yes, it's practical common sense. That is to be practiced and do that. Begin today. It doesn't matter what has happened in the past. If you've done someone wrong and you need to ask their forgiveness, do that. But as far as changing the past, that can't be changed. The only thing that can be changed or fixed is the present. But that's all that matters. That's what God is interested in. That's what God is looking at is where are you in the present? And where you are in the present is going to determine where you go in the future. So healthy relationships, healthy relationships. The Bible has so much to say about them because the Bible is a book about relationships, relationships with one another. And by being the kind of person that we need to be, our relationships would take on a whole new life. But keep Jesus at the center of it all. Make sure that your relationship with him is what it needs to be. And then every other relationship will fall into place. It won't be perfect because you're not a perfect servant of Christ. You're not a perfect mate. You're not a perfect friend. But it will be better and it will be healthier. And your life will be changed as the result. So let's all practice that because we've all got a long way to go when it comes to relationships. And none of us have it all figured out. But it can get better and we can do better. Thank you for joining us for the podcast we call The Assembly. We look forward to seeing you next time. Our only interest is in serving Christ and encouraging one another. And we hope that that's exactly what we have done today. And we hope that we do it every time. We look forward to seeing you next time here on The Assembly because we are the Assembly of Christ. And when we're together like this, we are the Assembled assembly, because certainly one of the ways that we can assemble and help each other is through this podcast. And we hope that is the case. We hope that it is a blessing to you. And we pray that God richly blesses you until we see you next time.